Welcome to Good Seeds, a podcast series featuring dope people, thoughtful conversation, and gems about navigating the many seasons of life. I am Alicia Williams, a native of Savannah, Georgia, podcaster and medical student currently living in Philadelphia. Good Seeds is a passion project of mine, birthed out of gratitude for the amazing people that I have the joy of being connected to and how they've positively influenced my life. This week, I'm sharing my conversation with Sharice Bruin of Sharice Styles. I met Sharice back in undergrad. We were roommates in college, but ironically, we didn't interact much until recent years. Sharice is a multi-published editorial stylist and model. She breathes Southern hospitality and has a New York hustle. In addition to her personal clients and working as a network stylist, she recently launched Sharice Styles Boutique, a wearable fashion line that can be worn everywhere with just a little styling. What started out as her work and on-set gear has grown into your new favorite loungewear for all seasons with a personal touch. What I so admire about Sharice is her obedience to the call that God has in her life. Through challenges, unemployment, and the ups and downs of every season, she has remained obedient and has allowed her faith to guide her. My soul jumps for joy when I see her thriving. She's putting on for the port and for the kingdom. This conversation was such a blessing to me and perhaps it'll do the same for you. Be encouraged to be obedient to the call in your life, even when it's scary or doesn't make sense. Sharice has motivated me to step out on faith, especially when it's uncomfortable. As always, it is my desire that the good seeds dropped in each episode will fall on fertile soil and will help you in whatever life season you're in. So without further ado, Here's my conversation with Sharice Bruin. Enjoy. Thank you, Sharice, for taking the time out to do this. I'm glad we finally uh, got a moment to chat. I appreciate you. Thank you for inviting me. We had a hiccup and then I had surgery. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then, yeah, it's been, February was rough. yeah. Yeah. And how are you recovering? I'm good. Um, you know, good old black secrets and cocoa butter. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm, as they say, healing well, I'm feeling a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably cut my recovery period short cause I'm not a person that likes to sit in the house. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a homebody, but I don't want to, I want to have the option of going somewhere. Yeah. Which is reasonable. It makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're healing well. Um, thank you me too <laughs> we we were actually roommates at Savannah State and yes. <laughs> but oddly enough we we didn't talk a lot then I don't recall us talking a lot yeah and I don't even remember the other roommate's name I think yeah. and correct me if I'm wrong our commonality was this maybe it's my position the dirty dishes um that and and correct me if I'm wrong, I, and you were like a biology student? Yeah, I was a chemistry major. Okay, see, and I was up in Cobra. There was, I would say, maybe no time for chatty Cathy's, <laughs> and I'm not a chatty Cathy. Yeah. And I don't know if you are, but I would gather that you weren't because we never, it was just always in passing. Yeah, yeah. The, so I, um, yeah, I, re- I don't remember the roommate's name, but I can remember her face. I'm trying to I don't, I don't, I remember, um, yeah, dishes. Like, I just, I remember like, oh, this is going to be temporary. I need to get out of this spot. Um, but also, yeah, I didn't have time to, I think I was also doing too much on campus. Like I was. You were SGA, what, yeah. president or chief S- justice? SGA vice president. And vice president, yeah. Stuff. I was doing, if doing the most was a person, I was the person. Um, so yeah, I think I didn't, yeah. I don't think we like we saw each other in passing, but we didn't like spend spend we didn't communicate a lot and mm-hmm. communicated more so um in the last couple of years, whether it be social yeah. um, media outside of that moment. So um talk about like your journey. You've had a very eventful journey to <laughs> now. Um what you know from SSU to you know your professional career and where you are now. Talk about that. Um I it's a long story, 
I probably if I graduated in 2012 and for it to now be 2021, there was probably a theme or a season of my life for the last 11 was that nine years 11 I can't do that, um, but no year was the same and even in this season me as a person it's always evolution like I always feel like the Big Bang Theory like. I'm always changing. Nothing looks the same. I probably won't. Lord knows I, where I'm com- I'm sitting comfortable now. I now work as a contractor for Fox Sports mm-hmm. and NASCAR divisions um, as assistant stylist. What I was doing the last five years was building my Sheree Styles brand in Savannah, which was a lot of door knocking because, you know, Savannah's ran by SCAD from a fashion standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, I had little odd and, end jo- odd and ends jobs, however you want to say it, in economic development. Um, when I graduated Savannah State, um, I had a business management degree and a minor in logistics. So when I graduated, I got a job at UPS in Atlanta stayed there for a year I absolutely hated it um and it wasn't necessarily Atlanta it was just the environment in which I was so like my internship that I did for them was not what the actual job entailed um and after I left UPS in at the end of 2013 so 2014 I'm back in Savannah unemployed I ended up like I said, working through economic development through um, temp work. Mm-hmm. And then I got put on there. And somewhere between that season, I started a master's program in urban studies and planning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just trying to figure it out. Like, if they tell you at 19, you got to have your life figured out. She least you have not figured out until she was 31. <laughs> right here, me. <laughs> so, um, hopefully, I started at the end. I went to the the beginning and then I'm at the middle. Hopefully all of that made sense, but it's been, but that's literally how it was. It was a roller coaster and somewhere in between that, I went back working logistics twice. So in the middle of me doing styling, because I literally was flat broke, I went back to a logistics job. I stayed there for about a year and some change was worse than UPS. And then... When I say I don't have a problem quitting, if it does not benefit me or serve me, bye. <laughs> um, like I'm just, after I worked at UPS, because there was a period there where I was on short-term disability because I was depressed. Mm-hmm. I said I would never go through that again. And when I saw that that work pattern was being displayed again, that's when I left. And then um, how I even got into the Charlotte market um, and maybe we'll touch upon this later. It was after, in the middle of the pandemic, um, my styling business to me seemed like it was flourishing. It was in a place that I had never been before. Like I was seeing business from commercials and individuals as in personal styling. I was hosting things and then boom. And so all that stuff stopped. And so there I was again, even broker than I was. And then I was like, I got to get out of Savannah. There are no opportunities here. And so I literally was applying for work, like jobs, falling back on my degree again, all over the country. I'm talking about in California, Boston, Texas, Charlotte, Orlando. And then I got a job working logistics here. And I stayed there for, I got the job on the 26th of October of 2020. And the way the Lord worked it, literally December 31st of 2020 I got a message about Fox Sports Mm -hmm. it was crazy it was like that was my what that was just the door to Charlotte to get me here to do what I'm doing now yeah yeah that is I'm a rambler so no this is good so I think um uh I can certainly identify with having all the jobs so like behind the scenes I think um you know, there are these goals, this vision, and um, you're constantly working towards those. But there are these seasons where that are not glamorous and that mm-hmm. are not pretty. And I have I know I have been an Uber driver. 
I worked mm-hmm. at did that. I um I worked uh I worked at Savannah State. I worked at uh I did, while I was working at Savannah State, I also had a uh, another part time job working at like a uh, Gulfstream doing health screenings and stuff like that. So mm. I had like I where it seemed like I may have had one job, I had like four, and mm-hmm. I was getting up at like four a.m. and going to sleep at like eleven o'clock at night. And so um, I understand that like the hustle, probably not the, like the nuances exactly of your, um, Mm -hmm. but I I can identify with that. And also I'm one that if something doesn't, if this is not serving me, this job, I'm like, okay, I will fall back on a, I'll go work somewhere that is not Mm -hmm. big because Mm -hmm. like I can't be in an environment that's toxic. Um, So you mentioned, you went from undergrad, you transitioned into, um, position at UPS and then um, did several other things in between. When did you know that you had a passion for styling and that was the route that you want to go? It would have, and I wouldn't even say it was a passion. I probably didn't realize it was a passion until after I got into it. Mm -hmm. So when I started working at the Economic Development Authority, they were actually hesitant on hiring me because, you know, I had this impressive quote unquote resume, like, cause when I was there, I was a receptionist, mm-hmm. but you know, it's the receptionist for the economic development authority. And if you know how state economic development authorities work, especially for a huge market like Savannah, they're hosting world leaders. I'm talk- talking about from Europe, um, Gosh, I'm not a history major, geography, geography person, but you know, they're from the people you said world leaders. That, that, yeah. that so it's it. just like you know, you gotta you gotta know how to be poised right. and speak eloquently and well. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta look the part. So, um, but even in saying all of that, it was still Savannah. Everyone in the office, you know, was still very much down the earth and very southern, mm-hmm. um, and the then vice president, I, let's just say she was the vice president, second in charge of the Economic Development Authority. Um, I was her assistant. Um, and um, we would just always have these talks and she's still one of my mentors to this day. And they just took note in how I would dress. And back then I was really in a thrifting because I just didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. And then she was just like, you know, maybe, you know, you should look into fashion. Like, I think that there may be something there. So it was just like, she saw something in me and like called it out. And when she said that I started, I don't know if you remember, I had a, a blog and it was called Phenomenal Woman. And I would be <laughs> blogging about my late 20s, yep. about everything I was good going stuff, through. Actually, I, so I read your blog. Yeah. Yeah. I used to <laughs> good stuff. Yep. Um. And, but in there, I would sprinkle, you know, outfit of the days, like she really inspired me to, to do it full throttle. And after I left there, Goodwill became one of my biggest partners, like paid partnerships in Savannah. Like we would do events and stuff together. Um, so, and that would have been in maybe 2015 or 16. So after I left there, It was in January and years run together when you do so much stuff. You don't know where the time starts and you don't know where it ends. I just remember it was a January and I didn't go back to look for work immediately. I wanted to figure out who and what I wanted to do, who I was and what I wanted to do. So it was like a good solid six months. I had moved it back in with my parents Um, even before I left the job, maybe I want to say like two weeks before I left, my intention was I was going to save for a house, be like all my friends and, you know, (laughs) have some money and go on trips. And two weeks later, I I ended up leaving the job. Mm -hmm. It wasn't how I planned it, but thank God that I was there because I didn't have that overhead cost anymore. Um, and there they gave me the opportunity to figure things out because they saw how unhappy I was and during that time it was just I would say a lot of fasting a lot of praying and just I would do little small jobs like like you said ubering and at one point I was like this little assistant at a law office for just a few hours a week just typing up memos and stuff 
um, just so I could eat lunch with my friends. But I want to say June of that year, and I was still blogging back then um, on the website. And this um, doctor, she was a productivity psychologist, still one of my like personal clients to this day. And she was like, I'm really confused by your website. Um, are you a blogger or are you a personal shopper? And I was just like, I do both. Thank you. And but when she wanted to pay me to shop for her, she's the first person that wanted to actually pay me to shop for her. That she messaged me like on a Tuesday, Wednesday, I was at Creative Approach printing business cards, media kits. I said, well, hey, if she think that other people can pay me to do this, then this is what we're doing. So she was my first client. I'm talking about we had, I had some room to shop. She was looking to do everything over. Mm-hmm. And I want to say two months later, I had revised um, or rebranded Phenomenal Woman into Cherie Styles. And then I bought my first branding photo shoot and literally like, like I hit the ground running after that. Yeah. Yeah. That is amazing. So I want to... um and if you want to share, you said there was a season that you were, you were on like a short-term disability because you, mm-hmm. so how did you navigate that? Oh my God. So whenever I'm like, if I'm not in Savannah, I'm not near family. Mm-hmm. Everybody lives in Savannah. Yeah. So even like now I don't have family here. I have some friends, but not close friends, okay. not people that I can really lean on at the time. Now, mind you, me and this woman, we are very close than today than we were back then mm-hmm. you know very two high strong type a hbcu leaders and we were for us to be black women we were literally going head in with each other at work we neither one of us was backing down and then i remember our um, manager at the time who was another um black woman and she sat us down she gave us the business Mm-hmm. And she was just like, we're not doing this. You, whatever it is, y'all need to talk it out. And I couldn't even tell you what it was. I just think from both of our sides, it was pride mm-hmm. um, and wanting to be right and wanting to, you know, prove our other leaders and around us that we could do the job. Because all of us, me and her and another, we were all under 25 and we were man- in management mm-hmm. at Supply Chain Solutions around everyone else around us. But after that, I didn't know, even during that whole time, I didn't know what was going on with me. And during that time, I found out that I had anxiety mm-hmm. and everything up until my life made so much point when I found out that I had anxiety because I just thought I was like, <laughs> like crazy, especially, you know, when I would react or think about my reactions when um, I would f- fail doing something or felt like I was being a failure. Yeah. Oh my God, I would go into a conniption. Yeah. And so when they couldn't find out, I'm telling you, they did EKGs. I had brain scans, all kinds of stuff because I was just like, I physically feel sick and they could never get down to the root of it. And then at some point, one of the doctors said that I must've had asthma, had me on an inhaler. Yeah. Here I am puffing. <laughs> like I actually got asthma, but I think, um, anxiety had like really, and maybe there's a, I know there's a word for it, but it had actualized into a physical condition at yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, but I remember this one doctor, it was another pulmonologist and she was like, I don't think, you know, that you have asthma. I think that you are depressed. And she was just like, I'm going to write you, um, an excuse so you can just not be at work for a good month. And she was just like, and you need to figure out what you want to do. Because if you stay on this track, you're going to be like everyone else. And it's not going to end well for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember she was asking me what kind of thoughts I was having. And I was, and it was so funny because I was watching the Meghan Markle interview yeah. and how Oprah, she was just sh- shocked because she asked her if, you know, were there just thoughts of feeling bad or, you know, were you actually having these thoughts actualized? I was having actualized thoughts that I was a failure at life. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I cannot go back to Savannah or to my parents that 
I haven't graduated. I got to come back home. I didn't failed at this job. I'm fighting with somebody else on my job. Like that just was not the type of person I was. Like I internalized failure. Like I'm just failing. Yeah. And it was, I remember, I don't know what I was watching at the time. Actually, I do. I wasn't watching something. I was talking to another one that I was a co-op with at UPS when we interned in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to her because it, it was like she was the only person that could understand what I was going through at work. And it literally hit me like a light bulb. And I was like, I'm going to have to quit if I'm going to make it through this. I'm going to have to leave the job. Mm-hmm. And so she was just like, do it. And that same night, I called my parents and I said, I need to come home. Like, I'm not well. I need to come home. And so they was like, do whatever you need to do. And being the overachiever I am, I said, well, I'm not going to do it immediately. Let me phase out and let me finish the year. But after I made the decision in my mind that I was going to leave and that I was not going to let them stress me out or whatever else was going on at the time because at the same time I was going through like this huge breakup and it was just it was just a lot um and then I had there was another point to where I had my aunt she was murdered I had never properly grieved about that it was it was just a lot going on at the same time and I think I was 25 yeah and so I remember turning to my two weeks notice and I came home, but because I didn't have a channel for me to keep busy, it actually spiraled and got a little bit worse. Mm-hmm. And ugh, I just, when, you know, when your parents see something on you mm-hmm. and they, they see that something's wrong and I'm not going to cry because you know, I'm a crier. <laughs> it's just like, damn I really need help yeah 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 um I one of the things I appreciate about you is uh your the courage it takes to be transparent and um vulnerable and share even now in this moment and share the challenging parts of life um because we oftentimes there is things are like again I used the word glamorous earlier but like being young, we have this expectation mm-hmm. of where we're going to be and what's we're bamboozled. Exactly. What is success? <laughs> what's great? Um, and I remember thinking, now that you're saying, like, I'm thinking about um, when I was living in New York City, you know, by all measures, I'm living the dream. I'm living in New York City. I'm living in Brooklyn where I want to live. I got the job I wanted. I'm making good money, corporate credit, blah, blah, blah. But I was always anxious and stressed. And like, it started mm-hmm. to manifest physically as I was like getting ready. I was like, oh, cash, okay, I, I need to leave. Um, I need to leave and go home. And I actually, I did the same thing. I was like, you know what? I'm going to turn in a notice and I'm going to go, I'm going back to Savannah. Um, I've told the story that it was me going back to Savannah to get ready to go to medical school, but really I was stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yes, yeah, so I appreciate your, um, your vulnerability and like the courage it takes to say that, to like share that. Hey friend, have you been enjoying Good Seeds? If yes, Head over to Apple Podcasts to leave a rating and a comment about the show and what you've gained so far. Share with those who you have the honor of doing life with. And also be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or whatever streaming platform you use so that you never miss an episode. And lastly, follow me on IG at alicia.m.williams for episode release details. Thanks for listening. Now back to my conversation with Sharice. So you navigated that season and moved back to Savannah. And this woman um, just said, hey, I see something in you. You should go for this. Um, and you've been, you, you, let's not, I think, let, let's also say this, you got receipts. So you, um, all the magazines, you know, you've been, I've, I've seen a couple of copies. I went down to Savannah shortly after you did, um, this was last summer? This yeah, year. it was last year. Mm-hmm. This print. Um, cover girl on Savannah magazine partnerships with Coca-Cola. Um, and is it Coca-Cola? Or was it the movie brand? The movie? I styled, um, a campaign for them for Coke. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Um, and so the, what lessons have you learned in all of that? Like what, what has propelled you in all of that? I don't know. And I'm probably recycling what I'm currently listening to, even though it's absolutely true. I would not say it was more of a propelling than it was an anchoring. Mm. Mm. Mind you, I'm listening to the anchor series. <laughs> My God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but to backtrack to when I got home from Savannah, I learned what held me down, what anchored me. I really found out who God was for myself. Mm -hmm. And I ended up joining a church there that taught me because I grew up in a Southern Baptist church, but I'm telling you that where I learned there, I had never learned about myself or about the spirit or not even, you know, how the manifestations of the spirit um, versus, you know, how people say that they manifest things. No, I'm not, the, the spirit manifests, be manifesting through me is nothing that I do. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely an anchoring. And it was just like, whenever, um, if I felt like I was drowning or something, I would just be tugged or something would remind me. And imagine like, you know, um, in an ocean, mind you, I'm a dork. So, you know, sunlight doesn't penetrate at a certain level. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, imagine if you have these feelings of where you are below where the sun light can reach and you're in the deep surrounded by the darkness Mm -hmm. and it was just like like the buoy the buoyance or how we the buoy um you float back up a little bit to get a peek of the light Mm -hmm. to remind you that there is a surface and there is more out there that was always what anchored me knowing that even though for a very long period of time even when I wasn't depressed but you know when I was struggling and fighting there was there was this horizon. I just needed to keep floating my way up to it. Yeah, that's good. Ooh, girl, is that part of the anchor series? That because it I, wasn't. But you know, let me tell you that you, that's you, very you that. that was a that's a message there. That's a whole message. Um, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, one of the last year when I was like having some difficulty with some decisions that I had to make, I um, started this Bible plan and. One of the scriptures, I think it was the first or second day, one of the scriptures was Exodus 17. And it talked about how um, Moses had to, like, as I read through that, um, it's in different sections. So Moses strikes the rock to, um, so they can get water in the wilderness. So at this point, you know, the Israelites. Mm-hmm. And then the second part of that um, chapter, they're up against battle against the Amalekites. And the same rod, that he used to strike the rock he used to when he raised the rod up they would declare victory against the Amalekites that is the same rod that God helped him use to part the Red Sea mm-hmm. same rod that he struck the rock so they can get water same rod that they used to declare victory so I use that to ask this question is and what like the tools that you learn in different seasons mm-hmm. tools that you got in different seasons how had what are those tools that have that you learned maybe when you were um at UPS or you learned where you know one season of life that that has been able to carry you through that you can say oh I learned resilience over here I learned um how to that I need to navigate to my faith or scripture over here I learned that I need to do this over here I've learned this this tool these tools have kept me across the board I'm not going to say that my tool is tangible but in and of itself, it is tangible and it's people. Mm. And I would say people being an angelic figure of reminding it or remembrance. Mm -hmm. So I remember my last day at UPS, my managers, my former manager, his wife, um, she was a prophet and, you know, I'm a naturally a skeptic, which was one reason I, I wrestled so much with faith and spirituality is because I was a skeptic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember she prophesied over me about that I would touch women, all ages, all races. And I was just like, 
girl like i don't even like talking to people right. <laughs> you, you, you don't even know me <laughs> yeah i'm just like you don't know me but i don't even want to say i held on to that word she spoke it it did not come back to remind me until after i booked that first client mm-hmm. it comes back to mind how it has the proof is in the fruit yeah of how of what the words that she spoke over my life that day and not only her but like Bryn who was actually my manager um the person I was the assistant for at the economic development authority people constantly speaking things to remind me because I think um while I know that I am God's child I'm still human and I can easily go into a dark place And so for me, I'm a dreamer, like I have dreams and I have visions, Um, but he has used people as a tool around me when I don't pay them dreams attention (laughs) to be like, wake up, Yep, (laughs) I'm talking to you. Um, But they have really um, themselves helped anchor me. And I think in some instances, these may have been instances or recurrences of angels just to remind me of who I am and what I'm doing because I mean we live in a society where people tease you for being broke and I'm just like well hell I've been broke for the last eight nine years so that's it I've been broke a long but I make it look good (laughs) I'm I don't make it broke look like broke but I mean it's been broke yep (laughs) but um it was just like you know wrote just people reminding you and I also say that in the people that God has allowed into my life through friendships you know the same or how people will have these experiences of you know people betraying them and being disloyal and talking bad about them I have never and I'm I, I don't say this out of pride I have never had that experience yeah anyone that I have called a friend there was this instance last early last year and um again I didn't have any money no one would know that but um my tire I was putting air in my tire like twice a day because I needed a new tire and I remember one of my friends she was just like um she saw me one day and she was like Sharice why don't you just get a new tire I was like girl am I have no money for a new tire I got to buy this dress for this photo shoot next week that I'm that person I don't buy things that I may need like I'm putting my money and my energy towards something that's going to pay off later mm-hmm. and she cashed at me $200 to buy me a tire yeah and I'm not gonna cry but because you know it wasn't going to be $200 for me to get a new tire I was able to get two tires mm-hmm. because of that I had you know just now I'm gonna cry Mm-hmm. but you know Kleenex right here I would just always have people I would you know be suffering in silence mm-hmm. and I would never ask for anything I would never even ask my parents for anything and um people would just like the Lord would speak to them or they would see that I was suffering they would give me things like there was a time my car was repossessed my daddy was so bad at me. Um, he didn't sign on my car or anything. It was my car. He was like, how could you let your car get repossessed? He was just like, your credit is going to be ruined. I was like, my jigger, my credit been ruined. <laughs> Trying to build the best thing. I can rebuild credit. That's not a big deal. Like, you know what them loans look like on my credit report. But he was so mad I got my car repossessed and he was just like you cannot operate a business without having your car he paid to get my car out of repossession and paid for it for like six months Mm -hmm. and he was just like if you were in trouble you need to ask and I was like well I get it from you you don't ask for help typical black male but (laughs) um but yeah it's just you know people have been my tools yeah and I think um especially people of pride you know or or people you know they have been rightfully hurt by others they forget 
that one of the ways that God uses to speak through people is to use other people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's such a testament of the grace of God. Oh, man. I don't even know what to say. After that. It's, it's amazing. It's beautiful. It's, it's one is profound that your tool is people. Um, and two, it is a testament of that God has his hand on you. Mm-hmm. and um that one of the things i've kind of grown to realize recently in my own like understanding of my 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 faith walk is god is faithful to god's self which means and, and we get to be the beneficiaries of god's faithfulness so when god says i'm going to finish a work that i started in you when his word says that we get to be the beneficiaries of God doing the work in us. We get to be the mm-hmm. beneficiaries of God's grace. When God says, I won't leave you or forsake you, we get to be the beneficiaries of that. Mm-hmm. God's not going to go back on his word. Um, and so I think that your what you share is a testament of God's hand on your life, but also a testament of God's grace. Yes. And even for me, it is something that I can go back to to remind myself and one of the, the only question, not one of the questions, the only question that if I'm ever in a rut, I ask myself, is God still God in spite of what's going on? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the answer is always yes. Yeah. 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 That's good. Is God still God? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so in all of this, as as you, of course, you know, you're building a brand and those kind and, and that, and you um, have learned all these things along the way. What have you learned about yourself as a woman um, in this process? You know, and I feel like, and mind, I don't have kids, but I feel like, you know, it's um, how women feel when they um, have children or what their body experienced during that whole process. Or when you, overcome so much at and so much at the same time I think it just shows us how strong women really are Mm -hmm. um and I would like to use the example like I have um an osteo disease I have scoliosis like you wouldn't you would not know how strong your back is until it was pushed to the limit Mm -hmm. and it was just like you don't know how much you can carry but it's just like, you know, even when I'm in physical pain and I can carry something that just feels so heavy in my mind, but it's physically weightless. And it was just like, wow, like women are really, really great. And um, on my Instagram stories this month, every day I've been acknowledging like three or four women in my life that inspire me or that I aspire to be like. And I think except for one, one, I laughed writing everything about her because it was just so funny. But everyone else who was just like, if I didn't cry writing it, what they said back to me made me cry because my love language is words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I actually learned how to eloquently write through my former manager, Brent, the way that she writes professionally. It's like these love letters, like Paul to the church. Mm-hmm. just pleading just letting people know how much you love them mm-hmm. um and in me doing that and recognizing them it's just like wow not even myself but just how powerful women are in your life mm-hmm. I'm crying again <laughs> but you know okay. it's just how powerful even if you don't know people are watching you how you can move in their life yeah yeah Absolutely. Um, I, yesterday I had a conversation, um, with Michelle, um, and we talked about like, um, friendships and I'm, I, that conversation reminded me of the power of community. Mm-hmm. Um, and even yes, just yesterday as a whole reminded me, um, in the power of community. Cause I spent some time in the morning with, um, my, my son, my virtual Sunday school group and, um, of young adults and just talking about, um, life in general, but reminded me, um, of the strength in those relationships, the strength in, um, celebrating and supporting each other Mm -hmm. and, um, being a source of 
comfort and affirmation to. In this season of your life, who would you say Sharice is? I would say, let me make sure I get the category right. I would say I am a sperm whale. Okay. That's the first one. And I would love if the Lord extends that grace upon me to live as long as a sperm whale. Mm -hmm. Um, Whales are these majestic creatures traveling in an unknown world, Mm -hmm. especially to us. um, Because, you know, we have all this knowledge of what's on the land, but we don't know what's underwater. Like 99% of what's in the world's oceans, we don't know. But imagine being a sperm whale traveling the world to and fro, hiding from people um, in majesty and looking for security Mm -hmm. because you may feel hunted, which they are for various reasons, for meat or um, for their blubber or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to give birth to something in private mm-hmm. and then have everyone um, admire what you've given birth to. Mm-hmm. And then everyone try to figure out, well, how did you do that? Like, how, when does this happen? Or how do you feed? How does a whale feed their a baby? Like it's underwater. And it's just like, how does, and whales are mammals. Whales are intelligent animals. They communicate with each other for hundreds of miles that is um actually scientific evidence that they're able to communicate with each other that is unseen and I say all that to say we communicate with unseen spirits and unseen kingdom and things that we believe in we can't see it but we believe it and we know it's there or even like you know carrying and birthing something that people are and majesty of, but they don't understand how hard that was. Like a a whale doesn't carry a baby whale for nine months. It's if I'm if I'm saying remembering this correctly, I think a whale is almost pregnant for two years before they give birth. That's amazing. And imagine hiding and protecting yourself, not and how a woman does for nine months. Imagine doing that for double the amount of time. And anything can happen. You're being hunted. You're trying to, and I'm talking about spiritually now, you're, you're carrying something and unbeknownst to you, you're being hunted but down by something to, to stop. And those wells are extinct because they've been hunted. And it's just like, well, we need to find some sort of like safe haven or security um, amongst other sperm whales. Um, and usually, um, I think, and, and if it's not a sperm whale, it's another categorization of whales. They do it off the coast of Mexico and you can actually see them and you can hear them like talking to each other. And it's just this majesty and you see how wonderful it is. And then you, only thing you can do is just look and just let them go on about their business to figure out how they're going to live. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'd say I'm a sperm whale, just constantly looking for protection and figuring it out, being lost in the deep and giving birth to something every so often, whether it's every decade. Um, And they may be able to do that because they live for so long and just to have the wisdom of where they know where to avoid being hunted. Like they probably would never go to South China Sea. that's where the whalers are (laughs) like you know they know what areas to avoid um they know what areas to con they know who who to congregate to and where like you you find your tribe of whales Mm -hmm. um and where you can thrive Mm -hmm. um but i will leave people to to think on that and i i think my spirit animal is also a whale and i remember i don't know if i heard this on a movie or it was definitely a TV show. Actually, no, 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 no. It was, I want to say it was Black Love. Okay. Um, and it was a couple and the woman was in such denial that the man was her, in her husband. But 
someone on the plane because she was just like she didn't know if she should go visit the man or not someone on the plane asked her what her spirit animal was and she said or she was specific she said an orca which is a killer whale and so she said that and after she did the man disappeared she never saw the man on the plane again Mm -hmm. and when she got to her now husband she asked him what kind of animal would you be and he specifically said an orca Mm -hmm. and it was the specificity in that that she knew that god was speaking to her that that man was her partner yeah and um i remember how because i feel that way when she said that and this is on the tv i broke crying because i've always (laughs) felt connected to whales (laughs) so it was just like wow but again whales are majestic creatures mm-hmm. so yeah that's so that's that's you deep <laughs> first off i had never heard of sperm well okay i had to google it while we were sitting here i was like wait what is that let me make sure i got the spelling right mm-hmm. um yeah that is that is now i'm gonna have to go look this up i'm gonna spend time like really researching this um so what is uh your vision for the future like what is yeah whether that be both personally and professionally um well now i'm at fox sports Mm -hmm. i would love um for us to take on more shows Mm -hmm. just to you know give us more recognition and what we're doing here um where i am it's an all-black wardrobe team it's four of us which is great it's so cool and you know people affiliate fox sports with fox but and it's just like well and if you know me you know what kind of black person i am (laughs) and it's just like um we're at Fox. Mm-hmm. And I remember when that happened and I was just like, the Lord isn't doing this not for no reason. There has to be a reason why here. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, do I have a plan? Yes. I'm always open and surprised when that plan changes because when I moved to Charlotte, I was planning on working for two years. I did not know less than three months of being here that my life would literally change in a month I would quit my job yeah. I'd be offered a dream job yeah. I would have emergency surgery like so much stuff happened within a month and then it's even that it, in and of itself tells you um how fast God can move and change your circumstance in any given situation things that I've worked for five years for just in yeah. a month in yeah. a month yeah everything changed um, so I would like to see Cherie Styles as an establishment. I'm working on creating um, a few little clothing items for sale. Um, I would love to have a talent agency for, um, Black and other people of color, um, to be booked in front of and behind the camera's talent. Um, I would love at some point in life to finish my urban studies degree. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm very passionate and um, I love to be informed on the economic development of suppressed communities. Mm-hmm. Um, if, um, not if, when I become a multimillionaire, I've said this on Twitter, my funds would be primarily to the folk to be sent to would be um, disparaged communities and education. Yeah. Um, so everything that I'm doing now would probably be towards that benefit in the end. Yeah. 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 You're amazing. Which has nothing to do with style and that in and of itself tells you what you are called to do has nothing to do with who you are yeah. and where you'll end up. Yeah. Yeah. You're amazing. You're amazing. You're extraordinary. You are, um, you, yeah, you're amazing. And you, I appreciate, I'm, it's going to take, I need to process all of this. Um, Cause you said so, so much amazing, like, like so, so many great things and so many profound things um, that I need to process, but you, I appreciate your courage. I appreciate your, um, I appreciate you for saying yes. Yes to yourself. Yes to being purposeful. Yes to God's call on your life. Um, I appreciate that um thank you yeah um so 
let's do some quick like fun questions okay all right here we go this is this is going um i don't know how we <laughs> okay here we go so we're from savannah so i gotta mm-hmm. this um red rice or wait you let me let me pause you eat red mm-hmm. rice. i t- t- do i eat red rice i, was I eat real red rice like, i eat real red rice like with sausage in it yes okay. and bacon all right all right all right all right all right, all right, all right. Okay, so red rice or mac and cheese? Red rice. That was easy. Dang. Okay. All right. Cake or pie? And, uh, not everybody is red rice now. Right. right. Um, but cake or pie? Uh, depends on what kind of cake. Um, but off the top of my head, I would say pie because I love sweet potato pie. Okay. All right. Um, favorite place in Savannah to go to do anything, like to chill, to whatever. To do anything? Daffin Park. That's interesting. My uh, that's very interesting. I I I okay. My favorite place is Forsyth Park. I is literally the second stop I make every time I get to Savannah. Um, yeah. Listen, last year, um, during the pandemic, like me for so other so many other people, it was so hard. I was one of those people that was crying every day because I just could not see a light at the end of the tunnel. I was literally under the trees in my car at Forsyth crying almost every single day. Yeah. And yeah. I would make sure not to park in the same spot so nobody knew it was the same person. <laughs> that is interesting. Okay. Yeah, no, I love I I love um I love Forsyth Park and I also love to like be downtown. I if when I'm down like even when I was home for um Christmas briefly, I would like just sit downtown and people watch um in the car because mm-hmm. I didn't want to, you know, keep my distance. <laughs> yeah um favorite movie coming to america and because of that travesty of what was just the second one (laughs) it was for kicks and giggles but it was was funny it was cute it was fun it was cornily if that's a word funny Mm -hmm. but other than coming to america my other favorite movie is the devil wears prada oh gotcha (laughs) um favorite uh place to eat it can be anywhere vix mm. <laughs> on the river gotcha okay all right everyone should know that <laughs> and what do you get at vix i start off with a caesar salad no anchovies extra parmesan cracker extra caesar dressing with the crab cake on the side mm-hmm. and then i get a fried shrimp give me two bowls of coleslaw vix is the only place i eat coleslaw and um, I want the sweet tea only if it's sweet. What kind of accent was this? There were two separate accents. I don't know what. <laughs> it's a little bit of maybe South Wales. Okay, <laughs> <Meet> Savannah. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, this is fun. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.